and welcome to the Skin Nerd Podcast, a skin enthusiast dream or a nosy Parker's delight as we delve into women's skincare cabinets one product at a time. This week we're talking to a woman who is placed in the top 10 of Miss Universe, is a best-selling cookway author and has one of the most enviable Insta feeds known to man. It's the one and only, drumroll please, the natural-born feeder herself, Roz Purcell. Oh, what an introduction! <laughs> oh my god, I love your voice. You've actually got a great radio voice. Thanks, that's what I yeah, think that I was born yeah. to do. Um, I wish I could see you because the shoulder pads are mighty and your hair looks fabouche. So I think that that would actually have even added to the intro I if know. you can visualize yeah, this. I know. Right we'll now. have to get a photo that goes alongside this. Yes, I understand. So people can understand it. So thank you for coming in. Into Nerd HQ, you were saying that you took a photograph and sent it to Rachel because you're kind of so like I walked in and I was like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I was like envious. Your HQ is insane. It's cool. Um, so I sent videos to Rachel and I was like, Rachel, you know, like the way we think of all these ideas and all these work things we want to do together, shit's got to get real and we need to have an office like this. You can yeah. have to ask at any stage. You're oh more, yeah. More than welcome. <laughs> so I would love to learn a little bit about you. We met, when did we first meet? Actually, I oh, think wow. it was at an event a couple of years ago. We were speaking on a panel together and then you asked me to come out to your home, I believe, and we did like a... Yeah, I do that to everyone. I'm yeah. like, hey, do you want to come to my house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love to Ross, thanks. And then you asked me all sorts of crazy questions, like whether I'd have like Tato or King and all sorts of controversial oh, questions. Yeah. People yeah, we did quote that back to me. We did a Q&A and you revealed some of your kind of like day-to-day skin things and like some of them were quite shocking. Yes. Yeah, and uh, then we did like a little kind of fire round at the end. We also did a cooking video. Yes, which I was brutal at and you made it beautiful and you had the, here's the one I prepared earlier. Yeah, I was like, just in case, (laughs) just in case I'm a fair one earlier. It looks stunning though. So I would love to know about you and your skin journey. So I suppose um, it's obvious that modeling has been a large part of your life. It still is. Do you or did you feel at the very beginning of your career a large amount of pressure for your skin to to be presentable and flawless and camera worthy well I guess I started modeling when I was 18 and you know as you'll know in your teenage years your skin is so temperamental um so watching my skin was huge now was I doing it right back then probably not no I was still lashing loads of fake tan on my face and definitely sleeping with my makeup on after a night out because I was also in college um don't you try to condone yeah (laughs) um and I definitely remember when I was modeling that my skin, now look, I was lucky in that I never had teenage acne. I never had, you know, any kind of like eczema or anything on my skin, but I definitely went through periods where spots, when they came, they would be big, they would be vicious. And I was always booked for more of like a beauty, like a beauty model, like beauty shoots and things. So it was something I was quite conscious of, but I guess that's when I realized that every image we see is usually photoshopped. It must be hard though to look at yourself because you know what you look like and then you look at a printed version of yourself and you see the minus the spot. Does that start to trigger things where you're thinking, oh my goodness, is that... Because I see it myself and I don't do half as much, but I remember seeing my legs an awful lot longer, which would be lovely, I'm sure, mm. and my waist a lot smaller and my boobs a lot perkier. Mm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, so is that what that person's telling me that I should look like? Is that what I should strive to be like? I can't mm. lengthen my legs, but I could perhaps change my waist. So it definitely it has played havoc with me because media hasn't been maybe my chosen career goal I love it and I'm in it and I would love to stay in it but it was it definitely kind of made me look at myself differently so I can imagine at 18 that you're slightly more impressionable yeah I guess at 18 I was impressionable but 
I had so much confidence that I didn't really care, you know? Um, and I guess I was like, oh, this is part of the industry. I, I honestly didn't even look back at photos of myself when I was when I first started modeling. I was very much like kind of embarrassed that I modeled, especially in college. I was really? only talking about this the other day because I think all my friends, you know, were all from the country and I never wanted to be like, hey guys, check me out in this shoot, you know? I just kind of like pretended like it wasn't happening. Like it was like a job like anyone else would have at the weekend. Um, so I never put posted photos that I did when I was younger as a teenager and I certainly didn't really look back on them and you know kind of inspect them but I moving into my 20s I'll never forget doing a shoot and seeing the photographer right in front of me editing me to bits he took my waist in he made my jawline angular and he made my legs so skinny and I was very conscious of my legs growing up because they're quite muscular legs and I think you know I think as well a lot of I, there are probably loads of mums listening to this but things that you say to your kids growing up like especially as teenagers do really stay with them and there was always that joke in the family that oh Roz you got the knobbly knees or you know you got you know, the Sweeney legs and your sisters, they got the Persa legs, the really long and lengthy legs. And I guess that always stuck stuck with me. And even going into modeling, I was like, why did I get those legs? Why did I get those legs in my family? My sisters got the good ones. So seeing that and seeing him like, you know, to make my legs so skinny, make my waist skinny, that they were kind of the starting points of like really spiraling, you know, out of control in terms of like having a really negative relationship with my body. And skin-wise as well, because that seems to be a given. You see it all the time on Instagram now. There's so many amazing sites that kind of show you what you look like. And then if you want to see what the magazine looked like, and there's literally no pore, no vellus hair, no, not a, not a line or a crinkle or, or in anything. So that that's kind of become accepted as well. Well, it had been accepted, I think. It was what people expected to be the norm. But I always feel, I generally feel for the person that it was done to, as opposed to the consumer yeah. looking at it. I think that's the part that's often not discussed. Yeah, like I've definitely, like I have a kind of a uncolored beauty spot on my face and it's quite prominent and loads of people when they meet me, they go, oh my God, I never noticed that you had one on your face. I'm like, because it's always photoshopped out. It? Since it's not colored, um, it's not brown, it's not like Cindy Crawford, um, <laughs> it just looks like a big spot. Um, but yeah, I guess now I think people w would have the fear of God in them if they tried to Photoshop me because I would totally <laughs> point them out for it. Um, but growing up, yeah, it was always Photoshopped out and it was one of those things that I suppose I never really thought about it too much. I suppose I was more concerned about, I suppose, I just had a fear of what people, when they saw me in real life, what they would think. And that was because people were always seeing me through a filter of a magazine or a Photoshop of a magazine. That it does give you a huge worry of like, will people accept me when they see me in real life? Or will they think, oh my God, she's awful in real life. Um, so I definitely feel like there's so many celebrities out there and so many models that it's really harsh when you're looking back at yourself and you're like, why do they feel the need they need to change me? When you say they'd kill you now, is that like, where has that evolution really come from? Was it from a strength from within that you decided, no, like this is me, I, I'm happy in my skin. 
don't photoshop me you're gonna like i love i genuinely love your instagram posts like i'm at that stage now where i watch your stories every day and when i know somebody i always like to interact with then i'm like i'm just gonna look like that freak that <laughs> someone that sends love hearts but i think what you do and what you represent is amazing and i think it is amazing but unfortunately it's almost sad that we have to commend you for it because it shouldn't be the rarity it should be the norm and i mean that in a complimentary yeah. sense towards you but like seeing you when you post yourself and you look spectacular in a swimsuit and you'll be like this is my cellulite these are my mm. stretch marks do you feel that since you really kind of ran with that in the last few months or maybe I'm wrong is it longer that you kind of really attracted and aligned yourself with the people that really want to see raw and ready and and you? well I guess I started kind of posting that way about a year ago and it was because I was on holiday and I was sitting there and I was like oh my god this is amazing it's the first time I've ever gone on holidays and I don't give a shit because I was used to always be so concerned when I was wearing a bikini or whatever, um, passing people at the pool being like, oh God, they're going to look at my cellulite and my stretch marks and, you know, saggy bits or, you know, lumps and bumps and be like, oh my God, I didn't expect her to have them. And it was the first time I was like, oh, I just don't give a shit anymore. And I felt where did like... Where come from? Like, because obviously... I think it, it really definitely before. came from... Uh, when I was 25, I kind of obviously went to get counseling, get help with my eating disorders. And also my sister getting diagnosed with um, CML, which is a form of cancer. It made me kind of look at the body in a total different way. Like your body's just a body. It's a functioning thing. It's no one should be able to comment on it. It's 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 not just for show. Yeah, it actually it's not has a tool or an accessory. No. It has an absolute function. That, yeah. And yeah. your body is there not to punish, but to actually allow you to do the things that you know make you happy um so I guess I kind of came to that stage of just like and I wouldn't call it like you know I love my body it's like I just accept that it is a body and everyone's body is different and usually the ones that we see online on magazines are not the reality they're not the reality no do you, I suppose, in your quest to like feeling good in yourself, do you eat well? You eat, I know your exercise hike life has taken over oh, yeah. the world. Um, when's your new book out? Uh, so my new book is out in January. Um, and when it comes to, I think a lot of people when they, you know, when they're like, oh, you eat so well and you train. Like I, I used to be so extreme on both of those. Um, I used to be, you know, very very strict on what I ate and when it came to training I definitely overtrained. whereas now I definitely feel like I'm at a really really good balance of just obviously look we all know we all know what to eat we all know what's Do good we for us no I'm sorry like when people are like oh I just don't know what I'm doing like we all, have, we all have sugar. We all have great common sense and I know everyone listens to this right now you go I've got common sense yeah well then you know what to eat eat fresh food eat food that is not processed in a package and cook from scratch as much as you can it's really not that hard and I guess that's what I try to do I try not to over complicate it as much as I used to um and just yeah eat foods you enjoy as well like you know I think a lot of people there's that whole trend kind of with the whole fitness influencer of like meal prepping everything on a Sunday with like your 40 million boxes of the same food. It's like, 
you know, you have to remember food is enjoyable too, you know? I think that, that tends to make it a chore, doesn't it? And I think you're going to do something like that for a certain period of time and then you're like, no, I'm done. I'm and then done. that's what happens when you're almost too organized like that. You'll crash and go to the other extreme. So I think you're right. I think it's trying to find that balance. Mm. What is your go-to last minute? I haven't got a lot of time to cook dinner and I just want to have something tasty that's real nice in my taste buds, but good for me. I love curries. Do you? Like okay. so I much that. spicy. I do like spice, but when you get my books, it's I always go just for mild, mm. and I always get the option of adding more because I understand. Like I, I, I always thought that I liked a mild spice, but then I'll make a curry, and my sister will come over, and she's like, "It's, it's too hot," and I'm like, <laughs> "She's sweating really? from every pore." Um, so <laughs> I, I, I like spice, uh, but all my recipes, I keep them very mild. Um, I love curry so much that my best friend Evan calls me three curries person <laughs> because I've been known to have three curries in a day. As what, breakfast, lunch, dinner? Yeah. Or it's like three days. Oh no, like more like lunch, lunch and dinner. <laughs> but um, I love good curry. curry so curry. I'll make a real vegetable curry, like, you know, chickpea, spinach, courgette. Just, I will kind of use up what is ever in my fridge. And the whole thing when it comes to like a plant-based or regular curry, there's a real basic way of making it. It's like, got your curry powder, curry paste, a bit of onion, garlic, saute all that stuff off. Um, and then you want to throw in your main things. So whether you're going to have chickpeas or chicken or spinach or whatever, um, and just adding like some tomato puree, some stock, some coconut milk, whatever it is. Um, and I love rice. Where does the love of food come from? Am I right in saying that you were like reared loving food? Like it was a large part of the conversation. It wasn't just dinner quick, everyone's gone out the door. No, I definitely think where I grew up in Tipperary food was the kind of center of the family. It brought everyone together. And I live, I grew up on a farm, so we used to be beef farmers, and now, like, none of us eat beef, it's kind of mad. Um, and oh, how uh, times have changed! Uh, yeah, oh, how times have changed, even my dad's funny. Um, so yeah, we all learned how to cook from a very young age. Like, I remember making roux sauces and making cakes when I was five or six, you know. Um, and that was probably my gran lived right beside us, and she obviously minded us when my parents were working. It was like few childminder and I suppose <laughs> to burn off the time she just would bake with us day after day after day so that's really what where my love things? grew oh so you know proper the Irish real country baking, like, it wasn't healthy oh no no like, it was just but the thing about it is like I've kind of taken taken that that vocabulary out of out of my blogs and kind of out of my day-to-day -day of that whole thing of like it was real baking versus healthy baking okay. because I'm like no like food is just food now you know what I mean? Like one thing I st I've kind of stopped having that whole mentality of like, this is healthy, this is not, because it really led me to having such a bad relationship or being really restrictive. So I'm just like, look, food is food. You know what you should be having, you know what you shouldn't. And then again, you have to have the stuff that you shouldn't have for your mind. But I think you're right though. And I, you're, you're, you're correct. So the way I word it is actually old school, but then I hear people yeah. say that all the time. They're like, don't see it like a treat. Just see it as like you want to have it. So then, you know, but I think it's hard. It's kind of instilled into us. It's a generation. 100%. Thing, like, that's good for you. That's not good for you. Yeah. Healthy, bold. Yeah, you're right. Because it's a language you know what? piece. That old health bubble of like healthy blogs and stuff. And look, I'm not, nothing against it. So that's how Natural Born Feeder grew because I started it just before that whole kind of area started to explode. Really explode, yeah. But, you know, people were like, oh, I love all this, like, healthy, healthy this, healthy that. And then it all of a sudden changed. And I think people have to remember that we've been, you know, like you said, brought up with that psych for so long that, you know, over time it'll, it'll gradually change. But for me, it's something I try to 
really kind of catch and watch, especially when I have a food platform like Natural Born Feeder, not to be calling things healthy or like guilt-free and stuff like that. And I'm actually in the process of going through the whole back end of the website and changing oh, everything really? because I was like, that's a language that could be triggering to someone. Um, I suppose it's a conversation in your head then, isn't it? It's how you actually internalise it. So like you said, and many of us in the past have had like not so great body relationships mm -hmm. and it comes from the way we speak to ourselves and then that yeah. comes from the way we look at food and how we identify 100%. and relate to what it is. So, so food for you has always been a large part of conversation, part and parcel of your life. Oh, big time, yeah. And I definitely feel like food for me, it's like, I know this sounds, might sound really cheesy, but one of, the, I think, the best things you can do in life is give someone, give something to someone. Um, and I always get such a buzz out of it, like when I see someone's reaction to, you know, getting something that they like. So when I cook a recipe, usually if it's like something, especially when it's sweet, and I give it, even if it's just my boyfriend or my sister, seeing other people enjoy it kind of makes me happy. But that's your present. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? And then it's like kind of similar with the hikes, you know? So are you like, a feeder, Ros Purcell? I am. That's why Natural Born Feeder, that's how the name came about, because oh, I love it? feeding people. Okay. I love, I, I'm like, I'll make this and I'll sit down and I'll be like, so are you enjoying that? I'm like such a creep and I'm like, is that good yet? Do you think it's too too wet, too dry? And people, no, that's fine. And I'm like, any feedback? <laughs> um, but I also love to eat. Um, I do like to point that out because I, I definitely feel like you know when you know those feeders and they don't eat themselves and they just like, watch over yeah, they just watch, you no. I I, I'd be like they'd be like are you eating oh no yeah I've had half the tray already yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you love curries you've been eating all your life good to know oh yeah <laughs> so tell me about the vegan aspect so are you fully fledged 100% a vegan woman no no um, and I really really don't like to even label myself because um I kind of feel like labels are for food, not for people. I love that answer. Um, that. Like, you know, I've, I went for a while where I was like, right, I'm going to be vegan. And I got to about three months in and I felt bad, like having an egg, like secretly having an egg. And I was like... Because you pocketed yourself Yeah, because I decided to restrict myself. Community. And I was like, I had to take a step back and went, I had so many issues. I went to counselling for almost two years because I restricted food. Why in God's name have I gone back this way? That, yeah. um, so what I do now, and I actually really enjoy eating plant-based. I, I definitely find it more challenging when it comes to creating recipes. I just find it far more satisfying and it kind of suits me energy-wise and stuff. Do you find um, it tastier? Because I find when I go to a restaurant, if I opt for the plant-based, I just think they put so much more time and effort into it because you have to depend on the herbs, the spice mm. to give the oof. Whereas if you have, example, have, and I, I do eat meat, if you have meat, it, it kind of probably is the tastier piece on yeah. the plate and the salad or whatever else, the veg is kind of parked to the side in a sense. So I think you actually get better. You can actually like, really get your taste buds to work out more when you lean on plant-based. Definitely. And I find that for me, it's just, I'm actually consuming far more vegetables. And I look at it that with this new book and it's you know it's called no fuss vegan all i'm doing is like it is not for people who are vegan it's for people who want to eat more vegetables and it's for you to go right i'm going to start championing vegetables and when i'm planning my meals they're going to be the center of my meal we all know how to cook fish we all know how to cook chicken we all know how to cook meat and eggs but when it comes to making vegetables tasty we're a bit like ooh. Yeah, so that's what the book is for. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, I love it. Well, I'll definitely be getting that. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> so with regards to skin, if I can bring okay. it back, do you yeah. find when you are eating a lot more vegetables in the last few months, for example, or for as long as you can, do you see a difference? Does it fluctuate? Do you have that relationship with skin and food or does your skin just tend to stay the same and sail through? 
all the time. So I I know exactly, and I've kind of I suppose this is from tracking my skin and being really aware of what's going on. What makes my skin break out and what doesn't? I love um, this. We call it a nerdy diary. Do you like what do you monitor or do you just watch out? Like we find hormonal stress times that people have spent a lot of time for the computer. We get them to clock it, which sounds like the least sexiest thing to ask someone to do. They're like, really? I'm like, I know that's work now, but it, you find you find out what it is that triggers oh, your passion. Yeah. And I guess that came from years of modeling because. I was always very aware of, okay, I've broken out loads of spots. What did I have yesterday or the day before? And for me, it's if I consume lots of sugar. So if I binge on sugar. Now, if I have a little bit of sugar, if I have like, you know, a brownie or a muffin in a day, nothing's really going to happen. But if I binge, binge, like if I have a whole packet of biscuits, if I eat like two slices of cake, and you know, sometimes that just happens. (laughs) Life happens. That's life. That is life. You know what I mean? (laughs) Then I'll get real nasty spots. Um, where do they come um they'll usually come my spots are always kind of in the same area so around the mouth um and sore uh, deep they'll be they'll have a a real nasty white head kind of but do you pick it no do you not no no god no 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 i will never pick a spot because you were the first person are you gonna be left with a big pore then an open (laughs) pore or something not not me not that's not happening no so if i binge on sugar and if i drink alcohol um and i suppose it doesn't happen to me as much anymore because i don't binge as much because you know, if anyone's listening to the podcast, I, I used to be, I used to go through a period where I'd kind of binge and purge and binge and purge. And I think there's a lot of people and there's so many people out there who will go, they eat really well from Monday to Friday or Saturday and on a Sunday they binge. And like, it's like they're like, okay, I need to get rid of all this food, all this bad food in the house. I'm just going to eat it. I'm just going to put it in my body and eat it so it's gone from Monday morning. Do you think that's uh, back to what we said earlier though? It's like the... Well, yeah, if you're restricting yourself, if you're restricting yourself during the week and you're like, okay, I've been really good, so I deserve a treat. And then you're like, this is restricting, so I'm going to eat so much of it now because I usually don't let myself have it, you know? Um, So I'm I'm pretty good at that. Like, obviously, look, I'm kind of one of those people now, if I want to have a brownie or a muffin on a Wednesday, I'm just going to have it. Like, I'm not going to wait till Sunday, (laughs) do you know? Um, So yeah, they're the two things that really make me trigger. And obviously then hormonal at different times of the month. Um, and I'll just get like these, you can kind of see them here. I have a small, like these tiny, tiny little spots around my chin. And that's kind of definitely for me around my period. What do you, what are your go-to brands or what are your key ingredients that you have to have? Cause you travel quite a bit for work. Yes. So within Ireland and outside. So what are your, I must bring this with me always kit? Okay. So first of all, I get microdermabrasion done like once every two, three months, maybe three months. I'm not that good at it You've been getting that done for years though. For years. That's your go-to. That is my go-to, microdermabrasion. I do find that if you're someone who wears a lot of makeup, wears SPF, it kind of can really help you clean out. Now you're looking at me, I hope that you're going to be like, don't stop doing that now. But I'll find out, we'll find out if that's a good thing anyway. So microdermabrasion, my key ingredients and products are, well, number one rule is always take off my makeup. I will never, ever, ever go to bed with a scrap of makeup on me and I actually use your mitt. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I use your mitt. Um, so I actually, I use a Bare Minerals um, makeup removing oil and I like, just yeah, yeah. get all my <laughs> mascara and eyeliner off and then I'll use your mitt over it to kind of really clean like around the nose and like the get in everywhere. You're right though, because we call the clients that don't do that splash and dashers. So do you know when you see the model on the television and you know, she's beautiful and everything yeah. and then she kind of like cleanses and then she just whoosh, 
yeah. sprinkles of water onto her face and like you haven't removed your cleanser like oh you're gosh. right though so the, the calm or yeah. the face cloth or flannel or muslin cloth will actually allow you to get into the corner of the nose into that little part in your mm-hmm. chin that makes it cloth or else I'll get oil spots out. oh yeah and they just coagulate yeah I and get then, oil spots if I use too many oily products okay so you have to remove and then do you cleanse yeah. after that so do you use the oil to break down your makeup and then a cleanser to cleanse no to clean, to I'm really basic go for so, it um, so I'll use that oil cleanser get my makeup off use your mitt make them all dry every scrap is gone and then i'll probably use something like a real hydrating night cream so that might be like something like a vitamin c um the image vitamin c and i use that in morning time as well but that one or i might go for something like a hyaluronic acid or retinol yeah very good yeah. so you got the key ingredients yeah, yeah yeah so i'll go for it and then the morning um i'll go to the gym and i won't put anything on my face in the morning i'll let my face completely be go to the gym when I get home I'll use like a salicylic or a glycolic wash um, and real scrub like it's usually around like if I had a beard things. that's what I'm doing right now <laughs> um, and then after that I'll use um, like a vitamin C serum and uh, SPF so your main things are SPF vitamin A vitamin C no no not vitamin A I don't think it's retinol. vitamin A sorry oh it's retinol oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you have your checklist and then Yes, yeah, so you have the key ingredients. That's what yeah. we always tend to say. So I think you're right, though, because for me in Nerd HQ, it's all about being simplistic. I think mm-hmm. I went to Korea about two and a half years ago to research skincare because everyone was asking me journalistic-wise, yeah. they're like, will you give me your opinion on the Korean skincare step? So I was like, how do these people have 17 skincare steps? So I flew over. Obviously, it was a very hard part to do for my job. 17. So I don't know, what time do you get up at? So we hired a translator and I was there with a friend and we went around and they really generally do have 16 skincare steps. But I thought that that was just insane Mm. from an investment of time, money, effort. So really, I'm a big fan of just having the key ingredients. It's not dissimilar to food. And I know obviously the analogy is completely applicable while you're sitting here. But for me, it's about... Should you have your fruit, your veg, your protein, your fats? Yes, you should kind of have like your checklist on, you know, as much as you can. In skin, it's the same. So you have your checklist. Yeah, but here, you just have to struck a chord with me. I remember Miss Korea during Miss Universe, she would take her makeup off like three times during the day and like cleanse her face, moisturize and reapply. And I used to be like, whoa, nobody's, so nobody's got time for that. Like, <laughs> you're kidding me, like... And she just started again to reapply all yeah. her makeup. She would like take it off and she'd be like, I can't leave makeup on my face for X amount of time. And I'd be like, wow. Like I try to say to people, you're supposed to reapply your SPF throughout the day or to use four products in the morning. Mm. People are still a little bit unsure of, imagine if I started to come back to Ireland and say, now you have to, tr- you have to take no. your makeup off during your lunchtime. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have an alignment. <laughs> when you're in Miss Universe though, was there an awful lot of where people like putting on all sorts of cellulite creams, lotion, potions. I just have imagined, am I completely imagining it wrong? Oh, like there's some funny and mad stories from Miss Universe. So I guess at me back then, like I probably just had one moisturizer that I applied morning and nighttime. And <laughs> Miss Korea didn't talk to you, didn't get uh, on. No. Are you best friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was only afterwards we actually went to, we did like a job together and that's how I got talking to her um her translator actually she didn't speak English okay. um so hopefully I got that right that that's what she was actually <laughs> Maybe she doing wasn't. <laughs> um but uh yeah I'm trying to think you know we all kind of had our own little things it was interesting at the time because obviously you know I'm with people from literally a girl my age from all over the world so it was really interesting to see everyone's different routines that's what um, that's why I'm being nosy yeah. I'm so intrigued That'd I guess like, like my dream I was the only one like lashing the tan on <laughs> what year was this it's 2010 this so like this is, this is peak orange you know what I mean um so 
And I remember it was the first time I ever saw someone with bonds in their hair. Oh, hair Because we just had clipping it back then. And I oh, was we like... Had, um, it used to be like the big yoke yeah, on the back of your yeah. head. Yeah. Like, discreet. Oh, my God. God. Um, we have evolved as a nation. Yeah, we have evolved. But um, to be honest with you, there wasn't too... I do remember my roommate at the time. She had like eye creams and she had all these different things. And I was like... What are these? Wow. But you were what age were you though? I was only 19. Yeah, so you're... You're, you're a strong one. Eye cream. Oh, what age were most? Was 19? Um, 19 to 25. 25. Okay, okay. So, so I was actually the youngest. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So you were learning from everything around you? Yeah, I was learning about the same time. I don't think I was really taking it in. <laughs> because there was, it was like a sensory overload. It was also in Vegas at the time. Um, and I think I was just so, so freaked out by the fact that I had to walk in front of millions of people in a bikini. That I, that's all I thought, thought about for the three weeks. I was like, how am I going? Is that how you were over there for? Yeah, three weeks. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. But my best friend over there was Miss Australia and Miss USA. And they were just like, whatever. you know, whatever. Because Miss Australia was like real, like sporty and cool. So she like big. hardly even wore makeup. And Miss USA was just really into training as well. And she was like, just real cool. So um, we were kind of like the anti-beauty queens. Okay, very yeah, good. Yeah. The rebels within the group. Yeah. <laughs> I was like just orange though. <laughs> really like my dream job though is to go to loads of different countries, hire a translator and speak to real people, not like the journalists that would have yeah. all the cabinets full of products. Mm-hmm. So what do you actually do? I find that so intriguing to hear what other people do. You travel a lot with work and just pleasure. So when you're at, what's your ideal destination? Do you just love going to beaches? Do you like mountains? Do you like, what do you look for when um, you're abroad? For me, I think the main thing when I go abroad is like being able to be active because I couldn't think of anything worse than like going to some plush resort where when you leave the resort, there's nothing to do or you can't leave the resort, you, you know? sit by a pool all day. Or, yeah, I couldn't, I can't sit by a pool all day. So like somewhere going to like the Maldives or something like where you're like just in a little cabin. Resort. I just couldn't. Okay. Um, I... And I know some people listen to this and be like, Jesus, would you ever relax? But it's more the fact that... It's just like lots of my, energy like to get out and explore. Yeah, and my relaxation is like going for a walk or, you know, doing a fun activity. They're the things you remember when you're on holiday. Like, you don't remember, oh, that day I sat by the pool all day. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, you know, so I feel like my ideal destinations are places where, like, you can do water sports, you can hike, um, there's good weather. Like, not too hot now, because I do burn. Like, I'll never forget when I was in Bali. And we went surfing and I, I did put on sunscreen, right? Very proud. But I never reapplied it. Oh, God. And I couldn't sit down for a week. Oh, my, my goodness. Got was this earlier on this yes. year? I remember meeting you and you were in an absolute, I was, absolute state I'll never pain. forget like having Christmas dinner or New Year's dinner, one of those. And I was sitting on wow. a tray of ice. Right. Like it was so bad. And you showed us all. Because yeah. I, I remember my, my heart stopped for you. It was just, it looked like it was like a moon absolute. <laughs> yeah and I'll never forget the worst thing that everyone was like put natural yogurt on it put natural yogurt on it so but I went yogurt. to the shop and I got natural yogurt <laughs> <laughs> and I was like Zach rubbed it all over me <laughs> all over my bum and back of my legs and we went to bed and I woke up and I was like real itchy there was an infestation of ants all in the oh bed from the yogurt oh and like God. Zach was like get out of this bed you're disgusting and I was like I didn't know that all the ants were going to be attracted to the yogurt. So you're lying on your tummy yeah. with the yogurt, yogurt on yeah. your bum, and the ants are. Oh my! Yeah. You literally couldn't write that. Like no, if that it was happened awful. in a movie, you'd be like, ah, here, yeah, that wouldn't that. happen. No, it <laughs> but was, it happened to it, you. It was awful. Oh, yeah. you poor thing. Okay, right. So when you're traveling, do you bring those same products with you, or do you reduce your retinol because it can can sensitize the skin to light? 
Um, so actually when I'm traveling, I only really bring about, so I bring a makeup remover. Yeah. Um, so I'll bring my oil cleanser, but I'll probably pop it into something smaller, your mitt. Then I will use, I'll bring my vitamin C hydration cream because I do find in the sun, um, especially if I'm in the sea, my, my skin gets really dry. I'll bring my hyaluronic acid and SPF, SPF and that's yeah, it. I actually don't bring the salicylic or the retinol. Yeah, there's no need to really. No. And then when you're in and out of the pool or in and out of the sea, does that affect your skin? Do you get dry, dehydrated? Uh, yeah, I get very dry skin. Um, and I do swim in the sea most days. Now, look, I'm not going to lie. I try to keep my head out of the sea. Do you? I do. Because <laughs> is your face the only part that's the skin that's an organ? The rest of your body doesn't matter? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. No, no. From the neck down, it's fine. Or whatever. No, but you know what it is? It's because um, I once got really, really bad water poisoning. So I have this kind of thing like when I go in and I go for a swim at the 40 foot or whatever, like I try not to swallow too much water, even though like, you know, if you're going to get water poisoning, you could probably go in. What happened when you had water poisoning? So I got E. coli. Oh my God. Okay. Oh yeah. I was in ribbons. Yeah. It was awful. Roz. Yeah. It was awful. You need to write a book, not like, <laughs> yeah. you know, no fuss vegan. And then no, all that needs yeah. to be your stories. Yeah. My God. So, um, yeah, it was, it was awful. I ended up in hospital and... I just didn't know what was happening. It felt so strange. And then obviously I got tested and it was E. coli. So I try not to like put my head under just because I, I swallow a lot of water. Okay. If I like just jump in, it's like, yeah, can't close gone. my mouth or something, you know? Um, <laughs> Do you like to yeah, talk? <laughs> yeah. And also to protect my hair because like the sea does really dry out your hair. You have a lot of it. And I have a lot of it. You so you know, it. it'd just be chaos. <laughs> it'd be a 10 hour situation. Yeah. So I'm going to finish up by asking you some batty buzzer questions okay, where you go. have to be honest. But I feel like you've told me the answers already. I'm actually scared to ask these now. So what was, when was the last time you used a face wipe? Okay. Uh, oh God. So it actually was probably more recent than you think, right? So I haven't used a face wipe no in, I know, I haven't used face wipe in so long. Like I would say two, two and a half years. And it's probably from doing talks with you. I was like rattled. I was like, I'm never using one again. Um, but I was in London last week and I was on the way home with my best friend from an event. And we like, I, I work nonstop when I'm there. So I was wrecked. And she was taking her makeup off with a wipe in the taxi. And she didn't even offer me one because she knows that like I always have my reusable pad and everything like that. And we got stuck in traffic and she was like, oh God. Like we were in the car for about 45 minutes and it was really late. She's like, I cannot wait to just jump into bed. And I just kept thinking... I have to take all my makeup I had so much on as well. Like was I was it for like work? I had like Larry, yeah, I was at an event and I was like, I have to pack my bag in the morning. And I just kinda kept thinking like I would just want to fall asleep here and then I just said, Here, look, just give me a wipe, will you? And she she actually was like, Oh my god, are you sure? Because from the sustainability, like I that's know. a large part of your yeah. like what you love. And look, this is it though. Like I always, say, I always say to people, I'm like, you know what? You're never gonna be perfect one hundred percent time. And I'd rather be able to be upfront and honest and be like I've done it. Like, there's been certain situations everyone has that I'm sure there's mums out there who are reading sustainability and now and again they have to use a baby wipe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not the end of the world. Like, you try your best and that's all you can do. But I have to say, like, for the next 20 minutes, she was like, I'm never giving you a wipe again because I was like, my skin, it's burning. I think there's something wrong with this wipe. I was like, oh no, no, we're like, it's proper burning. Like, I actually feel like I've been sunburned. And then I was like, oh my God, that's what that my skin must have like... felt like the whole time when I use makeup wipes. You just completely summarize what people say to us all of the time. Yeah. So, say they come for consult in Nerd Network, and we'd say, look, honestly, if you drop the wipes or the micellar water, I'm still not a fan of those. I think yeah. they're glorified wipes in a sense, although they're evolving. But we'd say, look, cleanse properly for a month, and I promise you, they're not like, like 
you talk about the ecosystem, like the ecosystem of our skin is supposed to have natural oils yeah. and, and so on forth there. When people use wipes, they take all of that away and they don't actually realize that they're leaving the skin more susceptible and receptive to the elements. So they, they just take this kind of sensitization and irritation as the norm. Mm. And then psychologically, I find sometimes people do like the feel of that real clean, but it's only when you've kind of gotten past that for such a, such a long period of time, they think, oh my God, this is what it was like. This is yeah. what I was doing. Oh, no. You don't see it at the time. Like, I felt like no. I'd been out at sea and I got my <laughs> face scalded. I was like, oh my God, Nora, is your face burning? Back I'm having, having a reaction. Bally, and she was up. like, what and then I was like oh my god this is what it was like every single day I think actually curiosity where did the sustainability and that where did that really start to come into your world um, obviously as a, as a global situation we all have to wear it but yeah. you really taught me and you taught me actually months ago I think you said on social about there's a website that I now go to to figure out where my air miles etc yeah so yeah. Vita is a really good yeah, Irish one um, well I guess growing up my mum was always quite conscious like we always had all our different bins my mum would time us in the share because unlike really? a lot of people we always had to pay for water because we lived in a farm Okay. Um, so we were always quite conscious and it was more, I think, from a money perspective growing up, um, you know, of what, how much we were using of water, of different things, you know, and not being disposable. And I definitely lost a run of myself when I moved to Dublin and lived in a city in an apartment. You kind of just like, you do become accustomed to just being a very, um, go, go, you know, go, go, go. go. You is, it is, it really is. And then about two and a half years ago, I started to kind of, I just kind of was reading a lot more about it. I listened to a lot of podcasts on sustainability and obviously climate change is, you know, God, people have been talking about it. I, I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, it's only recently people are talking about it. People they have been talking been about it for 30 plus years. Um, so I kind of, I think there was a changing point. I think I read a book. I'm trying to remember the name of the book, but, um, and I just kind of started to make small changes and that was obviously like getting compost bins, make sure I was doing my recycling, like we always did growing up. Um, and then I've obviously just taken it further in terms of fashion. Um, with beauty, it is quite difficult actually. Ask you that. It is very difficult yeah, when it comes is. to beauty. But I suppose food waste, I, I, and I, I'm one of those people I, I thoroughly believe in. When you want to start making a change, try not to do it all at once because Little. it won't, it, like, yeah. well, no, it'll be overwhelming and you won't, you won't maybe it won't be sustainable yeah, so I guess with me I like I started with one place and that was like my bins like getting my bins in like making sure that you know everything I was putting things in the right recycling bin I was like putting my compost away and reducing my black bin as much as I could and then it kind of went on to food obviously naturally with food waste yeah. like third of our food is wasted and 70% of that happens in the home so looking at my own self and how I can change that um, and then obviously just plastic swaps um and yeah like I kind of tried to bring it obviously into fashion and things like that but it's really actually d difficult when it comes to beauty yeah, it and it's at the stage like I know you're probably the same where I have it on my website I have it on my email that it, like people aren't allowed to send me stuff because I'm like I have enough stuff so you're not allowed to send me shit unless it's like something I already use like you know if someone's like hey I want to send you this I'm like oh yeah I actually use that every day that'd be handy to have one like because you could accumulate a as crazy amount. a crazy crazy amount mm. of pretty much waste I know like if I like before I used to always give to my sister or give it to my friends and things like that but you know I'm one of those people that I'm like you don't need a lot of stuff anymore um, but yeah with beauty like a lot of different makeup brands like they can kind of they have, you know, a case where they can, you can bring back packaging and stuff like that. 
and they can recycle it but I think more brands need to start doing that I think so for us because we launched Skin Ingredients this year so mm. our own skincare range and that's a massive a really commonly asked question after what's in it is it for me is is this recyclable or what's the plan for the future so we're looking into refillable and mm. we're looking um, the product like the packaging is recyclable externally so it's just about having an awareness piece and yeah. I do feel a responsibility as a brand owner to have to bring that in and it shouldn't be something that's glorified it should just be Normal. basic to be yeah, honest 100% and even so our all our boxes are recyclable and then even the foaming that we put inside you it dissolves once you put it into water so yeah that's amazing be, I love that but it, it should be the norm yeah but to be honest to me it's still learning it's an awareness piece and it's watching people like you online talk about it and raise issues and I'm like right okay that makes sense and then you kind of have to roll it out in mm. your own but I do think that as a beauty business like it's a global industry the amount that we use consume the amount we waste consume. but your point is really really accurate because we actually always joke about people having like 16 17 18 products at home or in the shower and then you're just constant kind of always buying new things because you're a magpie but from a recyclable yeah. perspective and the environment's perspective we should do less of that yeah it's like you know those seven products you always use you know what's in your like makeup bag that you always use so just like if you're rebuying, like make sure it's that and if yes. you fully use the last one before that, you know, and, you know, and it's something that I'm trying to get better at. And it, like I would love, like I'm sure there's loads of people listening to this now who will know great sustainable makeup brands who reuse packaging and like it'd be great if you could let us know because there just isn't that many out there. No, but I do think you're right. I think it will become the norm and it'll, it just has to change, yeah. doesn't it? But I think that's what's phenomenal about social. As much as we can talk about the negativity, it does drive consumer. Consumers come to a brand now saying, "Well, I expect this from you, and I'd like that." 100%. So for the cleanse off mate, for example, we have like a mission statement up on Monday coming actually. So by the time this is out, it'll be live, where we're committing to what we want to change over the fabric to be, what we want the um, package that it comes in, how mm. we're actually going to condense the amount of shipment that we need, how we're going to work on our air miles and bring it to boat and ship yeah. less and often so there's actually there's so much you can take into mm-hmm. consideration big time and all it takes is one person to ask that question and it triggers it yeah. and i love it and that's that that is generally mm-hmm. the joy but it, i think people out there listening to this it's also how you ask the question like a lot of people get first of all like super defensive like you should be doing this blah blah, blah. where if you actually just give people a solution be like hey this is a brand doing something similar or, hey this is a person doing something similar and you might benefit from it i really like that idea yeah because i definitely find like you know a lot of people jump the gun and you find that on social like a lot of people attack before they actually you know there's, there's a way to say everything I think so but I also feel by and large you're probably the same we're, I'm quite we're quite lucky that because of our tone we generally tend to get similar tone back and then when the people that aren't following are kind of suggested like I love everyone does but I generally love constructive feedback like the like my team laugh at me like I'm always coming up with ideas and like there's a lady on Instagram and she suggested this and I didn't even know that existed so we should consider that and yeah. we have a board where we write it down so I genuinely 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 love to learn but if you don't say it in the right way it's hard to take it on board and you, you want yeah. to be defensive because you're like oh god I'm actually trying my best I'm working really hard I can't do another hour in the, in the week it's not even physically possible yeah so, but yeah I think you're right I definitely love when people give me suggestions like valid suggestions that they've seen work yeah. somewhere else because that's really it's that's useful yeah 100% whereas if someone just and like I you, you said it there like I'm quite lucky in that I don't get if people want to say something they do say it like as in how I would say it yes. and then I just voice note them back because I'm like in text tone of expression is gone oh my god it is lost I voice note well I'm a devil I'll reply back to DMs like literally at midnight every night I just love it I love I don't see it like work like the DM part mm. is probably more like my hobby if that makes sense because yeah. it's not like just a chat 
so I'll get back to people but I always voice them like oh my god I can't believe you got back to me and I'm like if I had it written out like you should do this it sounds yeah. like I am telling you this way so you're right your voice mm-hmm. comes through right my next question if you get a spot do you pop it I do not pop it I'm actually so proud of you there's nope. not been one human that's come on this that has said that answer no no way and that's just from years of popping spots when I was younger and then they just get so sore and then they take ages to go away so what I do is I'll pop something like I might mix a bit of disparate in water and pop it on and real try to dry it out or you know when those zit stickers yeah do you find those good um yeah I actually do it's they like really a, dry it out okay yeah so it's like a compete type concept um, and it yeah. kind of covers it too can you put makeup on over it um oh you, you can yeah no it's actually so clear you wouldn't even see it okay. you really wouldn't see it but i kind of just tend to that night time if i have a spot during the day i'm like eh, who cares and if you try to cover it up it's going to make it more so obvious so much worse this yeah. is true uh, what is the worst thing you've ever done to your skin so i know the bali story i know the ants on the ant, oh. on the ants on the air story so that's the same time so i didn't do this to my skin but someone did it to my skin right okay so i was in south america okay. preparing for miss universe right and i went to a salon and they were like doing my nails and stuff like that and they were giving me a full body scrub because they Top obviously were toe. like why is this girl orange right <laughs> like no they honestly were really? like well you really this? really orange I have to go back and look no no I was now. proper orange like but as well like 10 years ago like it was, tan it wasn't was what it was trend. I understand tan was not what it was um, do you wear tan now yeah I do I wear tan do you have yeah. tan on now uh, yeah a little bit it's of tan really natural yeah natural. Um, okay so yes. I so they Second scrubbed America. me head to toe like I mean like wasn't even like, like a Turkish a, bath wasn't even concept. like a nice scrub it was like oh my god my skin's burning <laughs> and then they like rubbed all the stuff all over me and they like threw me into the sauna right but no one was speaking English to me so it was like charades and I'm in the sauna and I'm like ah oh, like that smell is so familiar what is that smell and I was like where is it the hairdressers why is that and I was like oh my god they're after bleaching me no, oh my god they are after bleaching me so I like ran out and I was like butt naked like covered in this white cream and I was like sorry um uh, I'm just no. gonna yeah no they bleached you're, my skin you're joking <laughs> no I'm serious they bleached me from the neck down yeah <laughs> yeah and they obviously were goosebumps. no yeah I would and hug you I like I just I, I can't even remember but I remember just getting it off me so I must have like you know what there was like a where I was getting the full body scrub, there's like a little hose, you know, to like take off the sugar or whatever these scrubbing. And I started hosing myself down. And I was like, do these people I know I'm trying to be tanned? <laughs> like, I was like, this is the opposite of what I'm trying to do with my fake tan. But I was just like, how bad is that for my skin? I actually just, I just, I know. Very rare in life that I have no words. I know. So you went in unbeknownst like no. does that they were like that oh we're Miss Ireland is... is coming over like she's gonna get like you know it was like well, did anyone ask them to do it or did they see you and decide themselves oh we need to try and help her to look like see I was like I was like lost in translation like honestly yeah, like that movie so I didn't know what was going on um oh. like it was just one of those things that I was training over there um I was in Colombia and there was a few of the Miss Universe contestants training over there at the time and they were like, oh yeah, like the sound's going to take you in and prep you. So like we were going to the competition like in three days time. Okay. So it was like, do your nails and, yeah, you know, like wax your legs and like literally make They're you normal. You flawless, you know? Yeah. But yeah, then they bleached me. So did it work or did you manage to hose it off? And oh, I hosed it off. Like, I think it was probably like within maybe two minutes. I was like, that smell is so familiar. And I was so naive. And then it was like, this reminds me, oh my God, at the hairdressers. And I was like, it must be bleach. Wow. And it was like, it wasn't like some sort of like coconut thing. It was like yeah. proper bleach. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, 
that's definitely an all right yeah. winner for this video. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. You got it. Um, but you didn't do it to yourself. Jesus Christ. Okay. What, I'm going to move on really quickly. Yeah. What's something that you have since learned isn't great for your skin, but you would have always done day in, day out, unaware? Um, hmm. What is not great for my skin? It probably was the old makeup wipes. You know, growing up as a teenager, I would have just like used makeup wipes for years and years and years. It's like that real kind of quick, like especially after modeling jobs, like modeling, I always had makeup wipes with me. And now that I haven't used them in so long and last week having my slip up, I'm like, wow, I really like almost burned my skin every single night. So for you, it's about putting good ingredients back into your skin and yeah. maintaining it mm -hmm. as opposed to being obsessed with it. And then I, I, I completely agree. We do quite a lot of work at London Fashion Week and we find that a lot of the models come at like glitter from the night before and, you know, a bit of bronzer or contour because yeah. they're obviously shattered, like working mm -hmm. relentlessly. But I feel that what I love that you said is that you really just do not go to bed without your make without taking your makeup no, off. No, every is inch, that your, like, every, that's my number one rule. That's my number one skill and rule is just take your makeup off. Like, and I don't mean just like take your makeup off. I mean like, Properly. your face should be like you could have your dinner off it you know what I mean I call it the Jesus Christ <laughs> test so I get like a white towel we only have white towels yeah. at home in the house and then I just face plant myself in every night because if you haven't um, if you haven't cleansed properly yeah. you'll see your mascara you'll see like if there's oh, kind yeah. of bronzer in your hairline your oh, ears and, and I always like I'll always make sure my hairline my ears there's no makeup yeah. anywhere and nipples up which really offends my mother to this day when I continue to say that online yeah. okay so I'm but gonna admit true. I'm not great with the old neck area so, okay, well, then it defeats the purpose. I know, I know, I know. So, what's I your know. homework after this? I know, tits up. <laughs> <laughs> Bottles up and tits yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> it was an absolute freaking pleasure having you here. Please tell me where we can go to hear your podcast, which will be out, and of course, your new book, No Fuss Vegan. Um, so, you can catch me over on Instagram, Rosanna Purcell. Um, but also, if you just like Google my podcast, which is Bite Back, it's all, it's on every way you can listen to podcasts, it is there. And check over to Nashmore Feeders for loads of recipes. I swear to God, every single Saturday we do, like myself, my partner at home, we cook from your book. So oh, thank you. I can't take say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely did not. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Skin Nerd Podcast. Make sure to follow us so you don't miss any juicy skin confessionals. For more information on our very own skincare range, Skin Ingredients, do visit us on skingredients.com. Or for personalized skin advice, join the Nerd Network. Visit www.theskinnerd.com forward slash online skin consultations and use ooh, the code PODCAST10 for 10% off Nerd Network membership. Speak soon.